0: We'll Welcome, B movie fans, to another B movie interview. I'm Paul, and I'm Corey, and joining us today to discuss his next film, Boogers of the Antichrist, is the creator of classic films such as Jesus Christ Serial Rapist, Ant Farm Dickhole, Bad Acid, Pumpkin Man, and of course the the infamous Dick Shark filmmaker Bill Zabub. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. My
1: mother asked first. <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you on, and we're glad that your mother gave birth to you. I mean, that's always a that's always a good thing when you're talking to someone that they were, you know, birthed in one way or another. I was not created. I, I went through the normal
0: biological process. Our first question is: uh, What first inspired you to become a filmmaker?
2: Even around, no, I'm just kidding about that. But, um, he kept saying, Yes, yes, you can use my camera. So I wrote all these skits and movie ideas down, and he just dangled it in front of me. He never let me play with it. And he's representative of a type of person who has something that you would really use, like, let's say, a healthy hairline. There are people who have a full head of hair.
0: Now you're good. That's that's actually one of the shorter answers that we've gotten for that question. So, uh, you're doing fantastic. And I think, I think one of the most honest too, where it's like, my friend was a dick. So I I, I got my own
1: camera. (laughs) So we, we know, and you know, anyone who's seen your stuff know that you do a lot of different things, not just, you know, write the film or, you know, be the director. So I want to know, what is your favorite part of the filmmaking process?
0: I guess when you put it that way, like, you got to be a bit of a masochist, I guess, to, like, um, be a filmmaker. It's, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be painful in a lot of ways. Uh, got to learn to love it.
1: Now, I would have had a videographer like that at my
0: wedding. That would have been great. That's a great idea. Appreciate a good pun.
1: That's amazing I, now i i mean i i haven't seen that, seen Ant farm dick hole but now i want to i was gonna say I that, haven't the, seen that one. except that the the only copies on amazon right now are sixty dollars
0: i want to call into that radio station and like just talk about that movie discreetly that'd be great i just want to and now call them and just make puns the whole time <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm white and I can't tell the difference between 95% of people whose hair color is blonde, so. You know, I, I do have a degree in
3: psychology, so,
0: uh. Oh, same here. There was this one lecture that, that talked about, uh, yeah, a degree. Uh, Jared, hi,
3: man, What about
0: Kelvin? Everyone who forgets Kelvin. No, no, Kelvin <laughs> never gets invited to parties.
1: I mean, that's part of an interview is learning about the subject and uh, but, you know, we can we can learn a little bit about your next project. So can you tell us a little bit about Boogers of the Antichrist, the general plot or idea behind it?
0: whoever you're offending. They'll listen to the wrong show if they're offending. Yeah.
2: So I tried to use those discoveries in bookers of the Antichrist. So it's ridiculous that in this bizarre story, there are some things, but there's no propaganda, there's no preachiness of it. I never say that Jesus doesn't exist, because that's one of the rules. You know, I didn't want to bash Christianity in any way. So I explored some little-known legends. I I read up on this sect called the Cathars, not in Richard Carey's book, but there a lot of research into a movie that's stupid. <laughs> so, I, I, don't, I don't know. I won't know until the movie's out whether it's good or bad, but I'm having a lot of fun in every aspect of it. So, well, what do you think will happen in a movie called Boogers of the Antichrist? Well,
0: what was your expectation? Did I blow anything away? I mean, I just, you know I, I, I feel, I know, like, I feel like I'm more interested now. Like I love when like bizarre things have like influenced like things you would never expect. Like, I watch a lot of stuff where I'm like, okay, there might be a deeper meaning, or it might just be bullshit, so it's kind of cool to hear, okay, there actually was something to it. I'm not just, like, you know, pulling, pulling stuff out of my ass. There are two yeah. thoughts that I have. One is, you know, I'm a practicing Catholic, so I'm sure I
1: offend more people than you saying, you know, you don't believe in Jesus. Um, but at the at the front of my church, there's a little, like, relic sanctuary with, like, bits of, like, bone or hair or other shit from saints and holy people. So I just feel like there's, you know, this, this booger of uh oh it's it, it's the antichrist but uh you yeah, know so maybe, maybe maybe like some kind of like other church but there's like a, the booger of christ is in this case and it's this like child's dream to like eat jesus's booger cuz this kid is obsessed with picking their nose I don't say things, uh, Yeah, and then then the other thing I thought about is this, like, ridiculous spy or espionage or, like, medical drama-esque thing where, you know, the booger of the Antichrist... Because, you know, medical studies have shown that boogers actually do have, like, antibiotic and, you know, health benefits when you eat them. That, like, this is, like, the super booger. This is, like, the super... Like, it makes you immune to everything. And so they're out on this quest to, like, find... (laughs) I mean I don't I don't know if you can over explain any more than the movie Rubber where they tell you 70,000 times that there's no point to anything happening.
3: but there are people who might act as a disorganized one and then
1: smoke screen that that was inadvertent, my mind
2: but my thing just for me thinking that way constantly when i write beautiful
1: like 80s I say you have 80s American horror and then you have 80s European horror which are two completely different animals oh yeah
0: everything he's truly free
1: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so you said earlier that your uh, your favorite parts if you were able to do it would just be the uh, the directing and the writing so who if you could um work with any actor or actress that's alive or dead you know i i know money you know is a big thing but you know if you didn't have to think about that like who would you choose to work with under you
2: actors and actresses uh, that will help um, the investor say yes. You know, I've never gone to see a movie based on an actor or actress in it, or a director. Never. And when I see trailers, I try to shut my eyes and close my ears. I want the movie to unfold. I want to have no expectation about the movie. It's kind of hard when the movie's based on the book, but I... um, That's a whole other thing. There are people who I like, but I always thought, well, why not discover a new people? Because let's say Jamie Lee Curtis is, is someone who's greatly desired. At one point, she was, well, I don't know if she was ever a nobody, but um, everyone had a start. So I would rather give someone a start rather than, you know, somewhere on someone else's uh, reputation, because that's really what it would be. I had the singer of War in my movie. Jesus, a total douchebag. He would have filmed with me many times before, but I told him that
3: I want to make a name for myself first, because I don't want to, you know, have the movie succeed only because he's in it. And the funny thing is when I, I did film with him, people bought it not knowing that he did it. <laughs> but, but that's the way I am. you know. Uh, I, I, I can't specifically think of anyone I would work with. But also, I wouldn't really think that way because it's impossible. You
2: know, realistically... That can never happen. I can never work with anyone who I would truly love working with. So that's just something to to maybe think about when I'm making a hamburger by myself. <laughs> I'm trying to make the world less boring while I consume
3: my meal.
0: Yeah, that's kind of a good way to be because I've noticed a lot of times like a movie won't be great, but it'll be by like you know this company or like this director or this person's in it. and It's like oh well, it gets points for this. No, it shouldn't. It just it just it still sucks.
1: It always reminds me of uh, this this sci fi channel original movie called Silent Warnings. Well, actually, a lot of sil- uh, sci fi original movies where they have like but Silent Warnings in and of itself. I think it's uh one of the Baldwin brothers. It's even, it's, I think it's Daniel. He's like like top billing. Or, or maybe Fred. it's Steven. And he dies in the first like three minutes of the movie. And it, and I'm like I'm like, so they advertise this movie as like this this big name actor, and then like they're in it for like the least amount of time. It's, Imagine how much they had to pay him for like that
0: 30-second like th- the
1: movie probably had like a five hundred dollar budget and they paid him like four hundred and ninety-nine ninety nine. And a cheeseburger. <laughs> I was at a horror convention a couple years ago, Paul and I, and there was, one of the movie dealers had a box that was just, like, 15 or 20 of your movies, and that was, that, you know, I mean, they had a bunch of other boxes of movies, but they had a box that was specifically, like, it was your own, like, genre box, it was just, you know, the Bub box.
2: Me, the future is just crowdfunding. So, you know, help make the movie and maybe offset some costs. And, you know, the movie will just disappear into the torrent nether regions. And um, that'll be good maybe later on. Um, let's say if I ever get to the level where I, I go to some bigger people and pitch a budget, like, help me make this movie. Would help if I'm already known So that's what happened to me at Tower Records when uh, I had my magazine. I wanted uh, Barnes Noble to carry me. I don't know what their distribution is like now, but back then they didn't distribute their own magazines. They went to four different people and they were all in the Bible Belt. And they all told me that if I want my magazine being Barnes Noble I have to remove the upside-down cross from the page. <laughs> so, um, so that's also the reason for some of my anti-Christian uh, humor. Um, so, <clears throat> I forgot where I went. I always go off on these tangents. <laughs> but, uh, uh well, uh, with torrents, I think that they're helpful because, uh, especially now with the censorship, um, torrents might be the only way for people outside of America to see my movies or people in the Bible Belt states this really might be the only way because uh, Vimeo completely deleted all of my movies. Uh, I had a professional channel on there and that might have to do with um, there's this law that was meant to protect against sex trafficking but it was um, abused and used in other ways so you cannot possibly have nudity and sex in the same movie unless you're from a major studio. Like it's a big no-no. Um...
1: Word, we're actually more retarded than we were in the 50s and the 60s. You know, every single victory for art or for intellectual uh, thinking it has been struck down by the 80 to 100 IQ. let say you know, it, the, they won. <laughs> they defeated us. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, of the mo- movie, not movies, but uh, reminds me of uh, TV in the 50s and 60s where. You know, parents had to have, you know, separate beds in the bedroom if they were both laying down at the same time, and if someone was laying in bed and there was only one bed, someone had to have their feet on the ground the whole time. Like, those ridiculous rules like that. To be offended by everything.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Agree if, if I told you that I read Shakespeare and I were fourteen years old, that that would be great. You know, you, you, you'd respect that I, I read it on my own without being required to read it. Would you say that knowledge of Shakespeare makes one appear enlightened? I say they probably. Seem well read, to, especially was, to understand a lot of the older English. I was forced to read it at fourteen, so so
1: I I would say no, because at fourteen I didn't I'd understand it, read it and into, I didn't care.
0: I'd say to read it and to understand it or to do because I, I know a lot of people who will read or like certain things like oh I've read Chaucer okay great what about it and they're like oh well i, I read this it's like okay cool what, what are you trying to prove. I get you So, yeah, so Homer's Odyssey, uh, fallen soldiers have
1: their balls and dicks cut off to humiliate them. <laughs> oh, the life of a eunuch.
0: barrel of cheese balls in the last week so i definitely get what you mean because like no matter how you portray rape in any kind of thing it's always people somebody's always going to say it's exploitive why they have that blah blah even if there's a point to it so there's a show that was around um not too long ago called goblin slayer and in the first episode there's a rape scene and it's it kind of helps to like build the sh- build the world it shows like the risks you take in doing what the characters do and there were so many people who like Seem to not get that. Well, it's like, oh, well, why don't we know who the person was first? Like, because they were meant to be. Just anonymous adventurer number three. The whole point was don't go into a cave full of goblins without preparing. And that what the main character was fighting against and what, what could go wrong if you don't prepare, like, when going into these things. Like, it's not like in, you know, in regular fantasy stuff where fall asleep or you'll oh you'll faint. Like no, you'll get brutally murdered or raped or poisoned and suffering. But like I remember arguing with people, it's like, no, this is not is isn't meant to be exploitative. There's actually a real reason for this and like I mean I I won't fault anybody for not wanting to see something like that, but people couldn't separate that from like a rape exploitation kind of thing.
2: often you know they're either concentrating on outliers like very rare individuals you know making it look like anyone could be like this or they're um, they're not realistic in any way it's just you know what we could be and I think the Victorian area showed the dangers of having you know, these unrealistic expectations of people you know and making people feel terrible for not well that's a whole different topic the, the point is I like absurdity. You know, that's that's my whole thing. You know, there, there there's wisdom in foolishness. <laughs> but that's my take on things. And I also like to show the ugly because not many other people do that. But it's not a, you know a downer. It's just you know this is a story. Yeah. I, I don't want to make Disney movies. So long. But there's another. People ask me why I don't want to have. Now, actually, let me just, as an aside, tell you that this one homosexual from an Arab country wanted
3: me personally to be naked because he said he likes chubby men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a um, true connoisseur. Advice would you give to somebody who wants to create an independent film with their own? None. <laughs> i already like the same. <laughs>
2: constantly. Of course, um, from a psychological standpoint, people laugh publicly at things that they don't laugh privately. <laughs> and there's a lot of alcohol, too. But uh, that set me off. So not thinking about making movies, you know, just making skits, uh, anthologies of them, and then selling them on consignment at record stores and you know, movie, well not really movie rental places, but there's some stores that had movies and music, and they were privately owned, so uh, I'm not saying do that. Uh, the next step was, you know, cutting the telling this story, because <laughs> I have a memoir where I talk about this, uh, it's not yet published, but um, when I did what I did as, as far as making a feature length movie, no one helped me. People looked down on me. When I asked any uh, movie makers who, who've done things, um, they couldn't be bothered talking to me about this. So I had to figure things out for myself, and many times in my, I, I don't know if I should call it a career, I always remembered these assholes. <laughs> and I, I swore that I would never be someone like that. So if anyone asks me for help, I'll help. And the problem with that is the people who do this and get somewhere are people who do it um, with no help and actually with insults. You know, people people say you never forget anywhere. You're wasting your time. So I even outline for people exactly what to do to... Lose as little money as possible. They don't do it. It's got to be in your blood. There's got to be something wrong with you where, where you want to do this. You know, you might have rich parents or an inheritance or a trust fund or something like that, and you might have the money to go to film school, or whatever. But that doesn't mean that you will have what it takes. You know, you might be great at like uh, be able to hold a
0: gonna be your film. Whether people like it or not, I mean it's it's something that you made and it's all yours in the end.
2: You know, I, I'm at a disadvantage intellectually and socially, you know, I'm I myself, I can't really put myself on someone else's head, so, um, you know,
1: So I've got, I've got. No. We have the the most important question that we ask here that Paul and I have talked about for years and we just like to get everybody to weigh in on it. And that question is what is your opinion on hairless cats? On what? Hairless
0: I'm <laughs> the so that's, that's like a, that's like a draw. I feel like that's like my, basically the point I always make was I always compare it to in Jurassic Park when they're discussing, was it more, was it ethically like, um, principle to, you know, bring dinosaurs back, you know, has man gone too far? That's how I feel about hairless cats. Like, what have we done? Has science gone too far? They tread on God's territory or something like that. And I feel like they, they, they look so miserable constantly. They're
1: the real life, adorable, cuddle, cuddleable version of gremlins
0: I mean everybody has to have somebody that loves them yes I don't really um, think too much about uh, ethics
2: in science because part of me believes that if if it can be done it's being done somewhere in a hidden laboratory <laughs> because uh, like we're but there was a class that, I took that was actually called evolutionary psychology and there was something called a human Z where you know even though chimps and humans have different chromosome count um, the class was not about how to make a human Z they showed a, some kind of monkey that walked upright and it was suspected that it was it was a human chimp hybrid but that's not the class the class was uh would it be okay if we could make a, a hybrid between human and chip should we <clears throat> and without telling me about the rest of the class the, the bottom line was what if this Z were
0: Would have been fun to have (laughs) glasses.
1: Oh me? Yeah, I've, 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 I've said it. I've said it so many times. Yeah, actually, that would be awesome because I actually like collect bird nests at the end of summer when there are no birds left in them, and I take them in for the kids to see. And it would be—it would be actually pretty awesome if I found a stick bug in one of those. I'd have to take a picture and send it to you. Look, it actually happened. <laughs> this thing is alive. <laughs> Was it Jeff Goldblum? Was it Jeff Goldblum? (laughs) Color and wing size. Yeah, but the consequence was it
2: that it paint the fruit fly gay. So I joked that you know the fruit fly was up to its name because that's you know one of the slurs fruit, <laughs>
0: but <laughs> so yeah, that was an evolutionary psychology class, and I wonder if that professor remembers me. And I wonder if you've seen any of your films. You should just randomly credit him with one of them.
1: Important questions we just we want to get through real quick
0: <laughs> since your film is currently in the crowdfunding stage where can people go to help support the project
2: But they might receive the email on a Monday and think like oh I get paid Friday but um I also don't inflate the value of anything that I'm selling so <clears throat> I try to make the movie available as a limited art hand number autograph and you know you'll still be able to find the, the movie after it's out but at least I give the fans something and then I also sell props for my movie because um
1: I think the props for movies should only be owned by fans. What is the date that the crowdfunder funder is ending? Maybe August 10th or August 12th, something like that. So um, it's about $1,400 right now. And again, uh, well, maybe not again. I didn't say this. I don't have crowdfunders in order to make the movie. I have them to
2: offset the overhead. So um, there's this rate should sorry actress Rachel Crow who's been in past movies it would be a great expense for her to fly to Texas to be in Bookers of the Antichrist so I'm going to use Crowdfunding to help that happen and then at higher tiers like at $5,000 there'll be an alternate Blu-ray and you know all this stuff so
1: and where can we follow you to learn more about Bookers of the Antichrist and any projects that you might be working on in the future well uh, I have
2: billsaboutproductions.com I have billsabove.com. The reason why I have two is sometimes the site goes down, so I wanted one site to always bear something. But I have billsabove.com is more of the phone device friendly site, and then the other one is like if you're like me, you look at websites at home at the pleasure of a desk, <laughs> the mouse. <clears throat> and then I guess on Facebook there's billsaboveproductions.com. Although, you know. Facebook doesn't have artificial intelligence, it has artificial retardation, because there's a picture of me and some of the cats outside of a theater that I took at the beginning of the year, and Facebook reminded me, like, oh, remember this? And I, I looked at the picture, and I thought, oh, I forgot to tag myself, and I tagged myself, and all of a sudden, uh, I guess
3: this message, this post has been re- uh, removed because of community standards. <laughs>
1: it somehow isn't there anymore.
0: Sorry, I had trouble. I don't know whether it was the L's or the R's. And I'm like, ah, are you so Facebook? <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> That's some modern world, for big movie fans boogers of the antichrist an upcoming film by bill zabub bill thank you for joining us today it's been a lot of fun having you on the show If you have an independent film you're working on and would like to discuss it, you can email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. Don't forget to listen to our podcast. We review a different B-movie each week. New episodes every Friday on our website bmoviebros.com. If you have a movie you'd like us to review or any additional comments, feel free to leave a message below. This has been another B-movie interview. We are the B-movie bros saying... Be brave, be alive, and be back next time.